Nobody has more respect for women than I do. Nobody. Hillary Clinton wants to abolish it, believe me. She wants to abolish our Second Amendment. I think they didn't deny it. I don't think anybody denied it. Other presidents did not call, did write letters, and some presidents didn't do anything. Many people have come out and said, I'm right. You really do have to ask yourself, where does it stop? Hello and welcome to Fallacious Trump, the podcast where we use the insane ramblings of a terrified xenophobe to explain logical fallacies. I'm your host, Jim. And I'm your other host, Mark. A logical fallacy is an error in reasoning that results in bad or invalid arguments. The logical fallacy we're looking at this week is guilt by association, also known as the association fallacy. Now, this is a kind of ad hominem attack Mm -hmm. in that it's not addressing the argument. It's addressing the person that's making the argument. But it's kind of of another level of that, because in attacking the person in, in the guilt by association fallacy, what you're actually doing is saying that they're either associated to or similar to another person and then right. attacking that person um, uh, okay. uh, but usually that that kind of secondary level person is someone who we already don't like we already uh, generally agree is is negative right so one of the the quite common versions of this is the uh, reductio ad hitlerum where <laughs> people get com- yeah. compared to hitler because not necessarily because of things they do that are actually like things hitler did that we don't like yeah. but but just anything that that makes people think they're a bit like hitler in some way cuz like you know hitler liked dogs or something like that painted so, houses yeah yeah does it also mean that actually they haven't got to do any reasoned arguing they haven't got to put forward their case because everybody knows what Hitler's like. So the yeah. job is already done. So they, it's quite... Yeah, uh, exactly. But sometimes it's enough just to say that a person is associated to another person, uh, uh, is is connected in some way. Yeah. And, and the implication, therefore, is that they have that other person's negative traits as well. Right. So when Trump did this in one of the presidential debates with Hillary, he attacked NAFTA. Mm-hmm based on the fact that it was, well, in his view, a negative trade deal, but that it was set up by Bill Clinton. Uh, the NAFTA deal signed by her husband is one of the worst deals ever made of any kind, signed by anybody. It's a disaster. So they weren't talking about trade deals particularly. They weren't talking about Bill. They were. He was basically trying to say that Hillary is negative and you shouldn't vote for Hillary because yeah. her husband signed a negative deal, a bad deal. Right. which has nothing to do with her it says nothing about her policies or whether she would make a good president it's it's simply associating her with with someone negative in that way but it's not even um but the negativity that's associated with bill's treaty is stuff that he's made up it's completely unsubstantiated he just says it's the worst deal ever in the history of deals Oh yeah, and we've yeah, got his word for that. Bad. So he's calling it that, and then he's saying that okay, because that's bad, because I said so, and Bill signed it. Therefore, Bill is bad, and by association, Hillary is bad, and so therefore, you ought not to vote for him. Vote for her. Yeah, yeah. That's well done. Yeah. Wow. wow. <laughs> that that seems to be his un- logical thread yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. I understand him perfectly. (laughs) It's time now. I am sick and I need to get help. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of people who are sick and need to get help, Donald Trump Jr. tweeted out uh, a a guilt by association fallacy recently, uh, a couple of weeks ago. 
his tweet read, and I can't do a Donald Trump Jr. Okay. impression, so I'll just read it normally. Um, he oh, okay. said, uh, 2018 summed up. CNN's 2014 Journalist of the Year just lost his job for totally fabricating at least 14 articles about Donald Trump. He literally said, I'm sick and I need to get help. You couldn't make a Trump derangement syndrome better if you tried. And then he's hashtagged it, TDR and fake news. <laughs> TDR doesn't stand for Trump derangement syndrome. That should be no. TDS, surely. Exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so don't know what he's thinking. Totally about. deranged Republican? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So that tweet yeah. makes it sound like a, a journalist that worked for CNN yeah. has been caught making up stories and uh, about Trump and has been fired. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what that says. Yeah. But if you actually look into the story, yeah, it's a, it's about a German journalist who worked for Der Spiegel, right? Who has been caught making up some stories or has admitted making up some stories, yeah, which aren't about Trump. Oh. Some of them are about Trump voters or the Mexican border and things that are tangential to Trump, but they're not about Trump. And his connection to CNN is that he won an an International Journalism Award in 2014 that was sponsored by CNN. Uh, (laughs) It was, um, it was, it was adjudicated by an independent jury had nothing, you know, CNN didn't choose who to give the award to. Yeah. They literally, they had their name on it. That was it. Yeah. So it's incredibly uh, tenuous, the connection, and and clearly he's just trying to make this connection, trying to make this association between CNN yeah. and this lying, fake journalist yeah. guy. It's a bit like saying, well, CNN used Sony tapes in their... Do they still use tapes? Use Sony, Sony cameras in broadcasting these shows. Therefore, Sony are tired with the same brush just because they sponsored the any any association at all now actually i i replied to this tweet oh okay um, yeah i i pointed out that it's actually a german journalist that once won an award that was sponsored by but not judged by cnn Mm -hmm. and the stories went about donald trump and it was in a german newspaper in germany and someone not donald trump jr someone called creole daddy nationalist barber uh replied to me (laughs) to say you just defended a lying fake journalist. Why? And I pointed oh. out I didn't defend him. I didn't didn't actually defend the journalist. I said he's a lying fake journalist that's rightly lost his job. Yeah. But Junior's tweet implied he was connected to CNN. CNN. And he isn't. Lied that his stories were about Trump and ignored the fact he's not even part of American media, which is what was implied. Yeah. And so the guy, to be fair, the, the Creole daddy nationalist barber, didn't dispute any of this, which right. is good. But yeah. he did say... Well, you must admit, CNN connected in any way to an award for a fake lying journalist is a delicious <laughs> irony, most sweet. <laughs> so he doesn't care. He doesn't care no, that the no. story isn't about CNN. No. He's just happy that CNN's name has been connected been to a fake put in the same sentence as. Yeah. Yeah. And that, therefore the, oh, okay, so it's a bit like the conspiracy theorists and the conspiracy theory fallacy where you can kind of point out all the facts that you like, but they just, it just kind of moves. It's also moving goalposts kind of thing in that it just gets absorbed into their overall belief such that you can point out all this stuff and they go, oh yeah, but it's really good, isn't it? Which leads us to think, well, how do you counter this thing? Well, you can try as hard as you like to point out 
to, to go back to the facts and just point out how tenuous the link is, how tenuous the association is for them still to, uh, you know, you've almost got to go back and say, okay, at what point does the link get broken? You know, yeah. at what point can you see yeah, that is, this is, is so pointless. tenuous as to be as to be nonsensical and and illegitimate? Yeah, I think in the first instance, it is useful to point out that the link isn't as clear as mm. it was implied mm. in the first tweet. Yeah. Um, the the rest of the uh, the tweet. Uh, thread was just going to be having fun <laughs> so yeah. that's fine <laughs> and now is the time i think for mark's british politics corner so this is the back to the heady days of 2015 uh pre-referendum and we are in uh cameron's conservative government and jeremy corbyn has just won the leadership contest for uh leading the labor party and the smears are out, basically. The, they've, they've got a new leader and Cameron is trying his hardest to smear the leader uh, and bring all sorts of associations to bear to point out that he's not uh, a fit to be the leader of the Labour Party, let alone run the country. So this comes about just after the uh, uh, successful uh, attack by uh, Obama's government to go kill uh, Osama bin Laden. And Corbyn appears on a TV show called The Agenda and uh, is asked to comment about what does he think of the mission to go kill uh, bin Laden. On this, there was no attempt whatsoever that I can see to, to arrest him, to put him on trial, to go through that, that process. This was an assassination attempt and is yet another tragedy upon a tragedy upon a tragedy. The World Trade Center was a tragedy. The attack in Afghanistan was a tragedy. The war in Iraq was a tragedy. Tens of thousands of people have died. Torture has come back onto the world stage, been canonized virtually into law by Guantanamo and Bagram. Can't we learn some lessons from this? So there he is. So he's actually said the the fact that bin Laden was taken out by the Obama uh, government was uh, a tragedy upon uh, recent tragedies, including the World Trade Center. Um, he was basically advocating he should have been captured and brought to trial like a civilised country would expect of its own citizens. Um, Cameron, later on in the... So that was uh, in August 2015. Cameron, at the Tory conference speech in October 2015, says this. He takes what Corbyn has said and spins this from it. So fundamentally what Cameron has done is done the 
guilt by association. He's saying that because Corbyn uh, is saying that it was a tragedy, um, he's saying, no, no, I'll tell you what was a tragedy. Lots of people dying on 9-11, ignoring the fact that Corbyn had said um, the World Trade Centre was a tragedy. And, and by association, he becomes a... Uh, well, he accuses him of having British Britain hating ideology and being a yeah. He says he's a terrorist sympathizer, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. When be, when he wasn't, yeah. I mean, basically, the extent of what Corbyn was suggesting was that he should have they should have tried at least to capture hmm. him rather than kill him. Yeah, and they went he, in his opinion they went in there to kill him. Yeah, rather than Which to try is, and capture him. Yeah. Which and, may well be true, and there may well have been reasonable policy decisions that went into that. But, but in Corbyn's view, um, they should have at least tried to capture him alive. Yeah. But yeah, that that's quite a long way from from being a terrorist sympathizer or being Britain hating, so uh, was exactly. security threatening. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then therefore not worthy of leading the country because he hates Britain. And you think, well, you know, it's almost a slippery slope going on in there. Um, but just because he associates himself with the idea that the killing of bin Laden was a tragedy, therefore he is a terrorist sympathiser. Yeah, I mean, it, at the most it was it was a bad choice of words. On who? I think oh. if he left that bit out, if he'd said, you know, this was a, an assassination attempt, right? And yeah. And, you know, then talked about how, you know, torture has come back to the world stage and all yep. that stuff, which is yep. generally seen as negative. I think yep. the fact that he did call the killing of Osama bin Laden a tragedy when most people didn't feel like that. Yeah. Kind of he, he opened him up himself up to some criticism. But yeah, yeah it's um, it wasn't really the point he was trying to make, I don't think. No. Yeah. If he yep. had just skipped over that bit, I mean, he did run it straight into it's a tragedy upon a tragedy. This was a tragedy. That was a tragedy. Yeah. World Trade Center, Afghanistan, Iraq, the the kind of shortcutting of the rule of law. So he didn't actually say that in there. So he didn't mm. do himself any favors, knowing that he's up against Cameron, who's looking for any possible excuse to smear Corbyn as a uh, terrorist sympathizer. The second part of this, it did, it doesn't go away. The uh, the second part of it is it, so this is uh, in December uh, 2015. There's a Commons vote going on on the bombing of ISIS in Syria. Uh, Cameron wants to go do that, but he wants to avoid the controversy that surrounded Blair going ahead without a Commons vote and declaring war on Iraq uh, alongside Bush. So he's saying there should be a vote in Parliament to do that. So Corbyn's response is is this. He's not going to be bullied into instructing his MPs to vote to bomb ISIS. He says this. I am a leader, not a dictator, and I want to seek to persuade rather than instruct where I can. I'll be very disappointed if people vote to support the government, if in their heart of hearts they know that this isn't going to work, this is actually going to make the situation rather worse. So Cameron uh, had told his Tory MPs 
uh, in a private meeting. Well, not that private because we got to hear about it, uh, although it wasn't recorded. He told his MPs not to side with Jeremy Corbyn and a bunch of terrorist sympathisers ahead of the vote on the UK airstrikes in Syria. So he does the terrorist sympathisers thing again. And in fact, this caused a big furore and the Question Time programme, which is our kind of governance accountability programme here in the UK, um, the Education Secretary, Nicky Morgan, appeared on Question Time to answer a question. Somebody in the, in the audience, it's not very clear you, uh, to hear it, who actually says... Do I look like a terrorist sympathizer? Because she would want her, she would want to not bomb Syria. And uh, Nikki Morgan then answers. And then Jill Kirby, who is the ex director of the Centre for Policy Studies, which is a conservative think tank, continues the, the response to that as well. So just listen to this clip. But Jeremy Corbyn and John McDonnell do. John Nikki has a point. I don't like being called a terrorist sympathiser, if that was the implication of what David Cameron said. However, Jeremy Corbyn and John McDonnell have been, they've been photographed, yep. shaking the hands of Gerry Adams and others, Hezbollah, and making it quite clear that they will support certain what certainly I would are regard you, as terrorist factions. So there she nails the guilt by association. They've been pictured shaking hands with Gerry Adams, who was the, the leader of Sinn Féin, uh, the political wing of the IRA, though they always denied that. So because they've been pictured shaking hands with that and somebody shouts Hezbollah in the background, therefore they are terrorist sympathisers. They associate yeah, with these was, people and then they am. Was Corbyn pictured shaking Jerry Adams' hand when Jerry Adams was considered a terrorist rather than a politician? Because he went through a kind of well, that's right. Yeah, makeover a bit, yeah. didn't he? Well, <laughs> when, when Sinn Féin got actually Sinn some Fain, respectability. Yes, exactly. Um, and I, So I'm not sure because I think that there were also politicians from the the right who were in certainly in John Major's government who were instrumental in laying the groundwork which led to the Northern Ireland Peace Agreement yeah which is currently the thing that's under threat through the Brexit negotiations possibly so and at the time they had to talk to Jerry Adams and yeah. Martin McGuinness and people like that yeah yeah, yeah. Just as an interesting aside, which yeah. uh, American listeners might not know, there was a period in the, I want to say 80s probably, mm -hmm. when Jerry Adams, uh, leader of Sinn Féin, part of the IRA basically, um, whenever he appeared on the news and they would they would quote what he said, mm. we, by, I think by law, I heard, but I was a child at the time, so it could, I, I could have, right. that might yeah. have been a rumour, yeah. we weren't allowed to hear his voice. Yeah. So they would, ha they would show video of him yeah. and then they would have an actor Doing the, doing the doing voice, the sound, doing the voice, reading the lines that he was saying, which is so bizarre because we still heard what he said, we just didn't hear him his saying. voice. Yes, exactly. And they did a, you know, they would do a Northern Ireland accent, yeah. and I seem to recall um, somebody talking about that who did the voiceover, um, and they said you couldn't do it so that it looked like you couldn't do it so in sync 
that it looked like he yeah. was speaking. It had, it had to, to be, be clear. clear that it was overdubbed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a and Japanese that, like martial arts film has been dubbed into. He's exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there was some some guilt by association going on there, possibly that if I don't that know. Was a that's a weird time. I never understood why they did that. No, but I'm sure no. there was a reason. Yeah, I think it was the way they got round the the stipulation that he couldn't be heard on. Uh, tell he wasn't allowed to be heard because he was a persona non grata, and it was they were a banned organisation. It's questionable whether at the time at which Corbyn shook the hands of Jerry Adams, Jerry Adams was a terrorist. Actually, Jerry Adams has never been called a terrorist. He always denies being part of the IRA. My understanding is that that people think Jerry Adams probably was involved in terrorist activities, yeah. but in the same, I mean. To be fair, you know Mandela in. Yeah, in I was going to say Mandela. Yes, was, exactly. Was seen as a terrorist. He was seen as a kind of you know. He, that's why he was, was a jailed. Fighter. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And and ultimately became a very respectable yeah. politician. So by way of a by way of a bonus, I finally found something that links our two favourite blonde mop-headed, um, self-aggrandizing politicians, Trump and Boris, and uh, the other thing about. Guilt, guilt by association. Um, there's another phrase uh, which came to mind, which is damning by faint praise. So this is uh, what Trump says about Boris. Boris Johnson's a friend of mine. He's been very, very nice to me, very supportive. And uh, I maybe we'll speak to him when I get over there. I like Boris Johnson. I've always liked him. <laughs> so that kind of, yeah, there's the guilt by association. I don't know which way is worse, whether... Um, Trump associate, being associated with Boris is worse for Trump or worse for Boris. It's a tough pick, actually, yeah. It is, yeah. I just knew too much There we go, like Niles Barkley there. God, that was hard to sing. That was, that was really shouty. And uh, Niles Barkley makes you look so easy when he normally uh-huh. does it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, had to, I had to do yeah. the demo for him and say, yeah, what you need to do, you need to get right up here. And he kind of went, yeah, well, that's easy, man. And you'd think actually from his kind of gravelly voice that he wouldn't be able to reach those notes. But Yeah, uh, he can. Yeah, yeah. So in the Fallacy in the Wild, we like to talk about the Fallacy of the Week from a non-political perspective. And uh, this week, our first example comes from um, the animated sitcom, I suppose you'd call it, King of the Hill, which is superb. This is from an episode where Luann moves out of uh, home and, and gets a kind of apartment with a couple of friends. Hello, I thought we agreed no smoking in the house. You know who else had anti smoking laws? Uh, who was it? Oh, yeah. Hitler! <laughs> so, <laughs> classic. There it is. Had Hitler in there. <laughs> yeah. Did he have anti-smoking laws? Um, it doesn't, I don't think it matters. No, I think you in can. In a way, it doesn't matter. No. no, you can pluck anything out of the thing. Yeah, you know who else was a vegetarian? 
Yeah, Hitler. <laughs> In fact, I did it at Christmas. I found out that somebody had a birthday the same as mine or something like that. And I said, do you know who else has our birthday? And they went, no. I went, Hitler. And they went, yeah. oh, my God. I said, no, I made it. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So our uh, second example in Fantasy of the Wild uh, was actually suggested by a listener in our Facebook group. Yeah, yeah, called, yeah. Uh, Andrew Bimson. And um, he recommended this clip uh, as, a, as a kind of potential section for, for fantasy in the wild. And really it does fall pretty well into, um, this, this fantasy yeah. Uh, because it's about associating. It's about, it's about assuming that because two people or things share one trait, then they are similar in other ways as well. And that's right. basically what people are doing when they're, when they're using that, uh, guilt by association. They're yeah. saying that, for example, with the King of the Hill thing, because Hitler and Luan <laughs> are both yeah. anti-smoking, <laughs> therefore they're similar in other ways as well. Yeah. Yeah. And so, this is from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Yep. And I think most people will probably recognise this clip. Tell me, what do you do with witches? <laughs> and what do you burn apart from witches? More witches! Wood! So, why do witches burn? Because they're made of wood. Good! Oh, yeah. <laughs> so... How do we tell whether she is made of wood? Build a bridge out of her! Ah, but can you not also make bridges out of stone? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah, cool. Uh... Uh, does a wood sink in water? No, 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 it floats! It floats! Throw her into the pond! <laughs> what also floats in water? Bread! Apples! Uh, very small rocks! Cider! A great gravy! Cherries! Mud! A churches! Churches! Lead! Lead! A duck! <laughs> exactly! So, logically, if she weighs the same as a duck, she's made of wood! And therefore... A witch! A witch! A We shall use my larger scales. <laughs> so, Sir Bedivere, there, the uh, the most logical of the knights exactly, of the round yeah. table. Uh, <laughs> who are who are you with with your wise logical ways? Yeah. So logically, if and I like my yeah. favourite bit is uh, John Cleese when he goes and he's like the tallest one, the tallest surf there, and he goes uh -huh. because they're made of wood, and then he goes yeah. yeah, and then they all go oh yeah right, and they all nod <laughs> and look at him, and he looks really pleased. So there's a couple of levels here. Um, <laughs> so the theory is that witches are made of wood, yeah. and wood floats. Therefore, since ducks also float, if you if it weigh if she weighs the same as a duck, she's a witch. <laughs> yeah 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 and there is the, uh, yeah. yeah so and it turns out she is so spoiler yeah and um, she goes and she goes oh yeah, that's fair it's cop. a fair cop yeah, right. yeah and they take her off to the, to the thing and they yeah they knock the knock the supports out from the largest we will need our largest my largest scales so he does he go around the is he, he basically the, well, yeah he's the witch finder general basically isn't he so he just goes around with these scales leading people in a very Socratic way and he leads them to it and they kind of 
get this revelatory moment with this massively <laughs> layered notion that they've come to the, by themselves. Eric Idle is going, well, yeah, so therefore, if she weighs the same <laughs> as a duck, she's made of wood. Oh, yeah. right. And that means she's a witch. Yeah. Marvellous, marvellous. So uh, you've brought another example. Uh, yeah, I brought a, a yeah, third one. This is from uh, a slightly more recent film. Uh, this is for three billboards. Uh, so the main protagonist, Mrs. Cohen, brother, who's the actress, has set up the three billboards outside the town, which is asking questions of the police chief as to why the investigation into uh, who raped and murdered her daughter um, has not come up with any um, suspects why they haven't solved the case basically the priest comes round but this is a, there's this great speech that uh, the mother makes I've edited it slightly to make it a bit shorter but yeah go back and see it on the whole thing on YouTube it's brilliant but here it is and I was thinking about that bunch of new laws I came up with you combat those street gangs those crips and those bloods the gist of what those new laws were saying was if you join one of these gangs and down the block one night unbeknownst to you one of your fellow crips or your fellow bloods shoot up a place or stab a guy, well, you're still culpable by the very act of having joined those crips and those bloods in the first place. It's kind of like you church boys, ain't it? You got your colors, you got your clubhouse, you're, for want of a better word, a gang. And if you're upstairs smoking a pipe and reading your Bible while one of your fellow gang members is downstairs fucking an altar boy, well, father, just like those crips and just like those bloods, you're culpable. Because you joined the gang, man. I think the joy of this particular speech is that we've that we've all seen all the movies that have come out with you know where they investigated crimes of child abuse or um, kind of uh, physical or mental abuse by the church that have been carried out on unwed mothers or choir boys or whatever, whatever. And there's something satisfying about the great engine that is the church finally getting its just desserts. So the implication that she points out is if you join a gang and the gang carries out a murder even though you're not involved because you're in that gang you're just as culpable which is slightly troubling but it's deeply satisfying when she said well yeah basically you guys you've got your own uniform you've got your own clubhouses you are in a gang so you are culpable so you can't tell me what she goes on to say is you can't tell me how to rule my life when you're part of this gang you need to sort your own stuff out you know as the good book probably says, take the plank out of your own eye um, or people in glass houses with stained glass windows shouldn't throw stones. Let he who is without sin cast the first stone is basically what she's saying. Yeah, I don't think yeah. they have glass houses in the Bible. So we're going we're gonna to play fake news, folks. I love the game. It's a great game. I understand the game as well as anybody, as well as anybody. Yes, it's time for Fake News, the game where I read out three Trump quotes, two of which are real and one I made up, and Mark has to figure out which one is fake news. I think I'm going to become increasingly Trump about this and just lie about the fact that I'm winning. Okay. That's <laughs> the thing to do. Even though it's a blatant yeah. lie and other people can check, I'm just going to say I've won every single time we've played this. 
There's the fact yeah. that they can go back and listen, and and I can Makes say right difference. now that you're on twenty percent at the moment. Yeah, um, yeah, that that doesn't really That's stop fake news. just claiming no. victory. Yes, exactly. So yeah. That's fair. Yeah, because I'm the, I've got to be more winningest than anybody else. So Trump had a cabinet meeting uh, right. in January, early January this year, in yep. which he ranted for about an hour to the press, and it was quite insane. And so all of the quotes this uh, this yep. week are from that. Um, oh, okay, so it's good for him to thing. be in a in a meeting for longer than five minutes without slamming yep. his hand on the desk and storming and, out, and walking out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The problem is he so, does. Well, he was definitely rent. the centre of attention yeah. in this one. So yeah, there's three quotes. Yep. You have to figure out which one is fake news. So is it okay. uh, number one? When I became president, I had a meeting at the Pentagon with lots of generals. They were like from a movie, better looking than Tom Cruise and stronger. And I had more generals than I've ever seen. And we were at the bottom of this incredible room. And I said, this is the greatest room I've ever seen. I saw more computer boards than I think they make today. Uh, okay. That's number one. Um, or right. number two. <laughs> I get along very well with India and Prime Minister Modi, but he's yep. constantly telling me he built a library in Afghanistan. Okay, a library. That's like, yep. you know what that is? That's like five hours of what we've spent. And he tells it, and he's very smart, and we're supposed to say, oh, thank you for the library. I don't know who's using it in Afghanistan. People that read books, you wouldn't know who's using a library <laughs> anywhere. You know what that is? No. Your base doesn't know what a library is. No. Or number three. Right. The wall is the only thing that works and everybody knows it. You know who else had walls? The Scottish. My mother was from Scotland. She was born in the Hebrides. That's serious Scotland. And I own a golf course there, one of the oh, great yeah, golf oh, courses does. in the world. And even back then, hundreds of years ago, they knew that if you want border security, you've got to have a wall. Has he seen the wall? That's the only thing <laughs> there. Because he hasn't. Cause, yeah. And I bet he pronounced it Hebrides. As well. <laughs> the wall's the only thing that works. Nobody knows it. You know, who else have walls? Yeah, because, yeah, Hadrian's Wall isn't all that. If you go look at it, and he would think that that's the size of it now, he'd just go, oh, yeah, that's really effective. Okay. Um, well, let's go back to the first one. I love that. They're better looking than Tom Cruise and stronger and taller. I should have said. <laughs> I, had, I had more generals in than I've ever seen. We're at the bottom of this incredible... At the bottom? Who says we're at the bottom of a room? <laughs> we were on the floor. And it, it was a very tall room. That's what that is, Donald. It's a very tall room. And I said, this is the greatest room I've ever seen. I saw more computer boards than I think they make today. That's like the one he said, I've made. I've kept more promises than I've ever made. I've saw more computer boards than they've ever He's, he's on the set of um, Doctor Strangelove, isn't he, there? Get along with uh, Prime Minister Modi. He's constantly there's a bit of library. In, okay, it's library. There he is right there. The the value of nothing, the cost of everything. <laughs> it's a library. You know what that is? That's like five hours of spending. No, it's a library. It's the... Okay. Right, okay. I think that... I think it's the Scottish one that's fake. I think you. I think number three is the one you made up. Okay. So you think number one is real? Yeah, mainly because I want him to say better looking than Tom Cruise <laughs> about his generals. Right. Well, number one yeah. is real. Uh, oh, what? When I became president, I had a meeting at the Pentagon with lots of generals. They were like from a movie. 
Better looking than Tom Cruise and stronger. No way. And I had more generals than I've ever seen. And we were at the bottom of this incredible room. I said, this is the greatest room I've ever seen. I, I saw more computer boards than I think that they make today. What the fuck is a computer board? And why? And how could you see them? Well, have, from the they, bottom of the incredible room. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You'd see inside the computers. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? Well, uh, I think I, this is a dream he had. I think, I think that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> there were generals and there was Tom Cruise. And, and we were at the bored. bottom of this incredible room. <laughs> what you mean? It was like a, a, it was something like Marine World. You know, there was kind of, yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's a dream. <laughs> and I said, this is the greatest room I've ever seen. And I saw more computer boards than I think they make today. <laughs> What is a computer? And more generals as well. More, more generals, generals than he'd ever lots, seen. Lots of generals. Loads of generals. They were like from a movie. That's, <laughs> he kind of go. He gets it's so bizarre. He's a man with no short-term memory. He's, got, he's a man with the advanced stages of Alzheimer's, and they take him into a room, and people say to him, "Yeah, you're Mr. President." So he goes, "Oh, I must be the president. I'm in a room with. It's like a movie. <laughs> I'm in the. What is this enormous room? It's the greatest room I've ever. No, the, yeah, it's the Pentagon. It's, it, no, no, we've just shown you Doctor Strange, love. That's <laughs> what it is. And they're computer boards. Computer boards. What are they? <laughs> I was some friends of mine once had a toilet in a Victorian house that was lined with motherboards from a computer that's what i'm imagining okay that's he's, what you're picturing he's sitting on the floor in this toilet looking up and and going this, this is the greatest room i've ever seen <laughs> who says that who is he talking to what what about <laughs> oh god this is nuts it's nuts yeah it's it's less frightening when you've made them up it's much <laughs> less frightening oh okay. my god so no. you also think that number two is real and i have to tell yeah. you number two yeah is because the cost of the library real oh really i get along very well with india and prime minister modi but he's constantly telling me he built a library in afghanistan okay a library that's like, you know what that is? That's like five hours of what we spend. And he tells it, and he's very smart. And we're supposed to say, oh, thank you for the library. I don't know who's using it in Afghanistan. No, we're not supposed to say thank you for the library. <laughs> it's, it's not for you. <laughs> it's what, you know, we, okay, you've built a library. That's what that is. That's building for peace. That's investing yes. in the future. That's not bombing the hell out of whatever. And, oh, God, he is such a philistine, isn't he? I get along very well with India. India. And, yeah, and they've built a library in Afghanistan. Really? He's constantly telling him that. Yeah. How many times do you think Modi has mentioned that when they've met? Constantly. <laughs> Nothing about the senior library. <laughs> okay, do you know what? We built a library. It's still very well. Yeah, you know the wall you're going to build? We're going to build a library. We built a library. <laughs> Here it is. It's full of books. Yeah. I said, have you read a book? I've read a book once. Great. We've got loads in our library. Did I tell you we oh, built God. a library in Afghanistan? <laughs> Trump is saying, you've just spent five hours of us bombing the hell out of your country, the equivalent, <laughs> and we're supposed to thank you for that? Yeah. Who needs a library? 
Yeah, who needs a library? <laughs> yeah. So what that means is oh, that you've Oh, God, won. yeah. Hey! Hey, hey! Because, because number three was fake news. Oh, so that puts you on uh, 25%. Yay, yeah, I told you I was winning every single possible opportunity. Yeah. yeah. See, if, yeah, see, it's working. This whole being, <laughs> being Trump in your outlook is just uh, overconfident bluster. That's yeah, your exactly. new look. Yeah. Yeah. New resolution for New resolution, overconfident bluster. Yeah. <laughs> My middle name. So, podcast yeah. listeners, I need your help to fool Mark. If you think yes, you can you make do. up a convincing fake Trump quote, then share this episode on Twitter, include your quote and the hashtag fallacious Trump. I'll pick the best one and you'll be podcast famous. And I will find it. So it's time for the part of the show that this week, at least, is called AOC is not a logical fallacy, because this is the part of the show we want to talk about crazy things that are happening in the White House. And uh, this week, just well, first of all, there's a new Congress been seated and the old white Republican men are so scared. They are the (laughs) the young, intelligent women of colour. Yeah. Who are who have turned up for the first time, and particularly Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, who they just seem to be obsessed with her. Yeah, and it is hilarious. It is absolutely brilliant. So, one of the things that that happened this week was that someone from supposedly a QAnon associated account published a video on Twitter of uh, of AOC dancing when she was in college. Mm-hmm. It seemed like they were trying to make some kind of negative implication with it they called her a kind of a nitwit or, or something like that a communist yeah. and and said she was acting like a crazy person but and, and it was retweeted by several other republican sources as if this was going to make people think oh that's terrible but yeah. <laughs> it went viral and everyone thought she was brilliant and loved yeah, it yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah because like, she's really how can she even raise her face for you know, just having fun. Yeah, how can yeah. how yeah. can how is America going to stop reeling from the fact that she's just really enjoying herself? You know, yeah, basically, it, being it, a kid their, their in inter- high school. Their intent played very well with the parents from Footloose, and that was that was basically it. Everyone <laughs> yeah. else yes, thought exactly, she was yeah. adorable and brilliant, and, yeah. and and then she did another video dancing in the halls of Congress, which oh, yeah, which great, made it even it? better. Yeah, that's so good. So the thing about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is she's 29. She's the youngest woman ever elected to Congress, and she grew up with the internet. She knows what she's doing online. She she was like four. I was making my first website. So (laughs) the the, the old people, the old Republicans who who have had to teach themselves how to use Twitter to stay kind of relevant, they don't know what they're doing. They think it's enough just to insult someone or just to kind of try and suggest something negative about them they have no clue about about how you can actually interact with people and how you can have a, a base that follows you and and likes to see what you post yeah. and things like that whereas she has got um two and a half million nearly twitter followers she's got yeah. um you know she she posts stuff on her instagram that people actually want to see they want to see how she's doing and and they're excited and, and fired up to to find out what it's like to for a young person to to be going into congress and learning all this stuff and yeah and she's and she's about being about enjoying the 
the process. She's about enjoying yeah. herself and the and the and you know not not wishing to commit a fallacy, but there is something about young people and and the internet and their grasp of the internet is that it's about enjoying it and just it's just normal to have all this stuff. You know that's an enjoyable thing and. Being young, she's full of energy and uh, joie de vivre. And, and every time anyone tries to say something negative about her, she just snaps back and yeah, and and gets them back far better than they got her. Yeah, and it's far just better than Trump watch. does. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, also they, in God, the, the sense of the old Republicans that they're kind of going just because you've appeared on the internet, moving around in time to music. That's something bad about that, which kind yeah. of, you know, being a, being a... And then when there was this backlash against that and people saying, oh, it's fine, she's actually mm. adorable and great and mm-hmm. it's wonderful, Republicans started saying, well, we don't care about your dancing. We don't, we didn't, like, make a big thing about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like they weren't trying to have it both ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, yeah, and there's another thing that came out where um, supposedly... There was a uh, a nude selfie being sent right. round of of Ocasio Cortez, which I think the Daily Caller uh, retweeted and and said, "Here's the picture that some people are describing as a, a nude selfie." Right. It's a pair of legs in a bath from the perspective of the person in the bath, but but just like thighs down. Right. So you, and so, that's the new, that's the level of the nudity for a start, and, and also the and level it's not of, her. the level of selfie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's but right. It's not yeah. even her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's, mm-hmm. a, there's a site called WikiFeet, right. <laughs> which is for foot fetishists. Okay. And the detectives on WikiFeet right. have, have looked at these feet and looked at the multiple pictures that they have on their site yeah. of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's feet and said, well, these aren't the same feet. They, they just... <laughs> Then they're not. It's not her. <laughs> and they are. They are experts. You know, we yeah, we, we often, if we often like asking, referring yeah, they, to experts. Yeah. Oh, they they put a lot of time and effort into the study of people's feet. So yeah. yeah. So who better the, to ask? So this is yeah. What oh, I mean, I can't really get what they thought. If it even if it was her, yeah, <laughs> and she had for some reason put on her Instagram. A picture, picture of, that, of, a, of, of her, her legs. The, the end bath. of the bath with yeah. her legs in the picture. Yeah. What? So what? Yeah. I just don't get why that would be such a big deal. No. But given given but what it's Trump not even puts her. out, yeah. Given that yeah. Trump, you know, calls people horse faced, whatevers, and it's so bizarre. Yeah. And it, it's uh, well, there you go. That's the kind of the the double standards thing. There's something about oh yeah this. This implication that old white Republicans, if we say this stuff, it's full of portent and, you know, or it's locker room banter and we can get away with it and it means nothing. But somebody who is young, female, not white, and worst of all, a Democrat, if they do that, then it's, you know, they are witches. Now, to be clear, Mm -hmm. while we think she's great, um, she's not perfect. Right. She makes mistakes. She speaks out of turn sometimes, yeah. uh, you know, without thinking or without doing enough research. Yeah. And, and that is probably true of most, um, politicians, yeah. uh, at times. It's certainly true of inexperienced politicians. And she is someone who has, she, you know, six months ago, she was a bartender. Yeah. She 
has been energized. She she worked on Bernie Sanders' campaign in 2016. Oh, okay. And and kind of got she was energized by the the stuff that has gone on over the last couple of years yep. by Trump being in and by by the the national talk about politics that has got more intense and more interesting and bigger part of the news cycle. Yeah. And and it's and but she's not stupid. She's very smart and she she also makes sure that she talks to people who know what they're talking about as well. Yeah. Yeah. And she's making some really interesting policy suggestions. And um, while some of them are maybe not completely practical, mm. they are opening up conversations that haven't been had and or and need to be had. Yeah. She went on 60 Minutes this weekend mm -hmm. and was asked about her new Green Deal, yeah. um, where she is trying to suggest that that they can cut emissions and cut pollution mm. dramatically in the next kind of 12, 20 years. And that's going to cost some money and it's going to do some stuff which some people aren't necessarily up for doing. Yeah. She was asked by Anderson Cooper how they sh she's going to pay for this. Mm -hmm. And she pointed out that that question often doesn't get asked when it's about defence spending or tax cuts mm -hmm. for the rich and things like yeah. that. Yeah. It only seems to be, to be asked for progressive policies that, that make some people feel uncomfortable. Yeah. But one of the things she suggested was a 70% marginal tax rate for, for people who earn over $10 million a year. So that part okay. of their income, yeah. over $10 million, would yeah. be taxed at 70%. Yeah. And this would raise a significant amount of money. Mm. And so many people have come out and said, oh, that's just ridiculous. Obviously, most of them quite rich people. Um, mm -hmm. That's ridiculous. It wouldn't work. It's, it's far too high. you know. And such a lot of people, particularly Republican politicians, yeah. have ignored the both the, the level, the $10 million level yeah and also the fact that it's a marginal tax rate and not just a standard tax rate yeah. so steve scalise uh, said something like republicans want to to cut taxes and, and give you control of your money democrats want to take 70 percent of your of your income uh, <laughs> which is not the same no, thing no no as all. no as you as you get to keep your money you know obviously there's you pay your regular taxes that you would pay up to ten million dollars a dollars. year. Yes, exactly. And after yeah. that, you yeah. get started get getting taxed at seventy percent. Yeah. And this isn't even a new idea. This was pretty much the level under Reagan. Oh, um, okay. It, although, in fact, the, the threshold was a lot lower. Yeah. Um, at the time in nineteen eighty, the threshold at which they were talking about this was two hundred sixteen thousand dollars, which today oh, would wow. be about six hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yeah. So way, way, way oh, lower. Many, many more people would have ended up paying that amount. And back in the 50s under Eisenhower, the, the top marginal tax rate was 93%. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. This, is, this is a good idea that is supported by Nobel Prize winning economists, <laughs> right. experts in the field, yeah. Yeah. not just people who've got Nobel Prizes for other stuff. Yeah. And still people are saying, oh, she doesn't know what she's talking about. She's stupid. She doesn't think before she speaks and, and she's young and impetuous. Yeah, and those people that are saying that, are they Republicans by any chance? Most of them, yeah. yeah. Most of them are. Yeah. Who are? <laughs> yeah. There's some. There are some Democrats, to be fair, saying saying you know this is this is going too far. But wow. for the most part, most of the people who are yeah not even taking it seriously. They're yeah. they're not taking her seriously. Yeah. Um, or trying desperately to to present that they're not taking her seriously. Yeah. Um, tend, they tend to be Republicans. Yeah. You know, it's not dissimilar to the way that the left and the right are divided in the UK. The right always accuse the left of wanting to tax and spend without saying why that's a bad thing. 
when actually if you cut taxes and cut spending, the rich benefit and the poor suffer, it seems to be. Yeah, and there's a lot of debate over that. Mm. I mean, the, the whole trickle-down economics yeah. that Reagan proposed yeah. um, that still seem to be pushed by some mm. Republicans, most yep. Republicans, to be fair, probably. And and people are saying that about about this this idea, that this tax plan is saying that if you tax millionaires, yeah. then they don't have enough money to invest in their businesses and hire people, right. which is nonsense because mm. this is personal income tax. Mm. This mm. is this is people who have made enough money in their business that they, they, they personally are, taking are making money. They're taking more than $10 million a year out of their business yeah. and then being taxed on that marginal part of their income. Yeah. That's not stopping anyone from hiring someone in their business. No. In fact, what some people have said, what some Nobel Prize winning economists have said, is that if you have a high top marginal tax rate, mm-hmm. then that encourages some of those very rich people with very large companies to take less out of their uh-huh. business for their own personal right. use. For in their order own to salary. avoid paying that Because tax. they're not getting as much individually themselves because yeah. it's taxed. So, yeah. so they'll leave more in the business, therefore actually improving the business and yeah. helping the business to grow and employ more people and yeah. ultimately trickle down. And it'll be interesting to see what happens with Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez because mm. she is at the moment very high profile, yeah. especially for a brand new congresswoman. Yeah, yeah. Don't know how long that will keep going, if she'll do something that ends up costing her fans or, or what, or, or yeah. if the Republicans will decide actually we are shooting ourselves in the foot by constantly talking about it. <laughs> right. Because that's what it seems like to me. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's too young to run in the next election. She she couldn't, she can't go for president just right. yet. Yeah. But maybe 2024, who knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And finally, some things we really don't have time to talk about. As of this recording, the government is entering its third week of partial shutdown, with 800,000 workers either furloughed or forced to work without pay. Trump took over primetime TV on Tuesday to lie about why the border wall is needed, and Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi shared a podium for one immediately afterwards to call Trump a liar, followed by almost every network and cable news show fact-checking Trump's lies. Acting as a kind of orange-headed UNICEF, his office sent an email to all his supporters, both before and immediately after his presidential broadcast to the nation, giving them the opportunity to feel good about themselves, bypass those pesky Democrats and donate to secure the border. Fine print comers over at MSNBC helpfully read out the actual bottom line on Trump's behalf, and it revealed that any funds raised would go to the Make America Great Again Committee, which oddly is not a border security organisation, but is Trump's re-election campaign fund. Can I just say again that this was done by the actual president of the actual United States using a national multi-channel broadcast to actually deceive the nation. This isn't a Nixon after dark at arm's length job. This was in plain sight, people, in plain sight. (laughs) Trump is always claiming that he's achieved things nobody else could. And for once, I agree with him. Because of the shutdown, some people have actually got some sympathy for the TSA. Forced to work without pay and not even knowing if their health insurance payments are being made, TSA officers have been calling in sick in record numbers and are now starting to resign, which just makes me think of Willy Wonka saying, stop, don't, come back. Some say 
This is making air travel less safe, but in a 2015 Homeland Security report, undercover officers were able to smuggle weapons and explosives past TSA officers 95% of the time. (laughs) So to be honest, it probably doesn't make that much difference. (laughs) Meanwhile, the United States Coast Guard offered guidance on managing your finances during a furlough to their 50,000-odd currently unpaid staff. It gives clear-eyed financial advice and practical suggestions on dealing with the sudden unanticipated loss of a salary for an uncertain amount of time, including in step four, supplement your income, which includes advice on doing babysitting, dog walking and selling your stuff to make ends meet. So just when I was expecting thousands of very tired dogs, busloads of sleeping babies ferried to the beach and back, and loads of rubber dinghies and waders appearing on eBay, the Coast Guard took the tip sheet down from its website as it did not, and I quote, reflect the Coast Guard's current efforts to support our workforce during this lapse in appropriations. Okay then. The FDA has suspended all routine inspections of domestic food facilities during the shutdown. But how important can that be, really? I mean, it says here that the inspections just watch out for hygiene, bug infestations and harmful contamination. So you'll probably be fine. Or maybe just stick to mac and cheese for a while. Within the Disney-esque Michael Jackson Neverland Ranch-styled world that is Trump's head, all the ex-presidents freely admit he's doing the right thing about the wall. Indeed, Trump says some of them have told me that we should have done it. Rushing to give Trump's story credence, Jimmy Carter said, I have not discussed the border wall with President Trump and do not support him on the issue. Bush said he'd never discussed the border wall with Mr Trump and adds, I don't like him. Clinton's spokesman pointed out they've not talked since the inauguration and Obama is only on record as having said a nation ringed by walls would only imprison itself. Does Trump not know that A, we can check these things and B, other people can and often do speak for themselves? Oh, no, he means all the dead ones that only he can talk to. Sorry, Donald, my mistake. New Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib spoke at an event in a bar last week and ended by saying, we're going to impeach the motherfucker. Much clutching of Republican pearls followed with the president saying this. I think she dishonored herself and I think she dishonored her family. Using language like that in front of her son and whoever else was there, I thought that was a great dishonor to her and to her family. Look, this is locker room talk. It's very embarrassing, but it's just locker room talk. She will knock the hell out of ISIS. Wait, what are we talking about? Oh, yeah. The man who was having sex with a porn star while his wife looked after their newborn son thinks Rashida Tlaib dishonoured her family by saying a bad word. (laughs) Paul Manafort's lawyers are almost as good as Trump's. They redacted some details in a document they filed last week by simply changing the background colour to match the text. This allowed basically anyone with a computer to unredact the relevant sections, which turned out to be evidence of Manafort sharing internal polling data with Russian operatives during the campaign. This looks so much like collusion that even Fox News have decided that if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's probably a witch and should be burnt or something. 
So that's all the bad arguments and faulty reasoning we have time for this episode. If you hear Trump saying something stupid and wonder if it's a fallacy, find us on Twitter at Fallacious Trump or email us on pod at fallaciousTrump.com. If you think we've used a fallacy ourselves, let us know. And if you've had a good time, please give us a review on iTunes, Stitcher or the other nine million places you get your podcasts. And if you support the show on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash ftrump, you'll get extended episodes as well as bonus content, like our chapter-by-chapter breakdown of Bob Woodward's book, Fear, Trump in the White House. You can connect with us and other listeners in the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash fallaciousTrump, where we'll post some links to some of the stuff we've talked about. All music is by The Outbursts and with used with permission. So until next time on Fallacious Trump, we'll leave the last word to the Donald. That's right, go home to mommy. Bye. Bye!